how to be blessed. The Beatitudes are Jesus' parallel to Moses giving the Ten Commandments. These eight parallel, these eight uh, Beatitudes are Jesus laying out the introduction really to his Sermon on the Mount. Um, for All Saints Sunday, it's traditional for us to use one or the other of the of the uh, accounts of the Beatitudes. The, the actual one in the lectionary for today is one from Luke, which has four, put some words in a little different, and it still has eight, but four of them are uh, positive and the others are reversed to a negative. So four Beatitudes and four woes uh, in the Sermon on the Plain. So there's some parallel similarities, but um, just like the King James Version being more familiar to me as it was to, as, uh, was to Alan and some others of it. So the Matthew and the Sermon on the Mount and all is uh, more familiar, I guess, in a way, or more, you know, we think about more as the Beatitudes. And it begins with this verse that Jesus saw the crowds and went up a hill where he sat down. His disciples gathered around him and he began to teach them. So then it begins the real blessing, I think. You know, just think how it would feel to be in this crowd depicted in the picture here of people gathered around Jesus to hear him lay out his plan for humanity, his vision for the kingdom of God. We have his, his law that is recorded later, but, uh, you know, we kind of can see as we read the scriptures that he was mixing that into the whole of his teaching all along, that we love God and love one another, and that we do this the way that Jesus did it. And we follow his example of love not just anybody who has some kind of a way of thinking about it, but the example that Jesus set. And so we're following him, and we're hearing his teachings, and we're just sitting there at Jesus' feet. Well, what Christ is really inviting us to, and I think one of the main reasons why this is, why this is important for All Saints Sunday, is that um, we're invited to sit there spiritually right now. We're, we're all gathered around the feet of Jesus wherever we are. He, we don't have to go over there or climb a mountain. Wherever we turn to Christ, we find that He's there. And we can learn from Him and look at His example. We can see how He lived out these teachings, the Beatitudes and the, and the teachings that emanate from them in the Sermon on the Mount as they... Uh, fill them up and fulfill the, the Old Testament law and build on that with the New Covenant and the New Testament that we share. And not only Christ, but also all those in Christ. So we have a small congregation here, and yet it's vastly we're vastly outnumbered by the ones in this room that we see, by the ones who are here with us that we don't see who we can feel their presence as they look in on us and as they uh, join us in the spirit 
and as Wesley put it, they sing the Lamb in hymns above and we in hymns below. And every once in a while I mention that during the time that we sing the doxology every Sunday and says praise him above your heavenly host, you know I can just visualize several of those people. My mother, uh, different members of the congregation that have been uh, come and gone on to be with the Lord, uh, other family and friends that that um, that are, have been important in my life, and and I can just see them. Cheryl's dad and mom, and different ones, you know. Just uh, starting, I probably shouldn't have started making a list. Everybody's family <laughs> and friends, <laughs> all of them, and and it, and it's just a, a beautiful feeling to know that we are all family, whether we can see each other or not. You know, that we're in the present. We have eternal life. They have eternal life. We're all a part of who Christ is. And Christ invites us and everybody into that kind of an eternal spiritual fellowship that is not dependent on our physical state, but instead the, what, we live, what we're willing to live into. And we see in His life the example of how he lived out those beatitudes. And he, then he invites us to try to do that ourselves and live into those conditions and receive those blessings. So, uh, I put on there the word as it appears in Greek, and of course it's all Greek to me, but uh, <laughs> makarios is the word that's translated blessed. And another way it could be is just happy. And, but it's a supreme happiness that we all are looking for. It's heaven. It's the glory of God, the Shekinah glory of God that He invites us to, to into, to live into, and to, to grow into, which might take the eternity, you know, but uh, He's been around for a long time with His happiness, and He wants us to be as happy as He is. God wants us to be as happy as God is so that we would uh, have the fullness of our joy. So that's when we talk about being blessed. It's just um, the, Christ has invited us to the ultimate in his blessings and uh, blessings that we enter into uh, a little bit of joy and, and then it just keeps growing and become more perfect, perfect uh, throughout all of this life and the life of the world to come. Uh, one of our uh, prayers at the graveside is that we would grow, uh, that, the, that the person who has laid aside their earthly tabernacle, that now they have returned to God who gave it, and they're going on from strength to strength in the, in the uh, service to the heavenly kingdom. And another prayer that we have at the funerals is that we, we pray that, uh, that uh, our beloved will live in perpetual light. And these are all ways of, uh, of expressing the divine glory of God that, that uh, is there for us. It waits for us not just in the life of the next world, but in this life and on into the next life. There, we, 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 we see these as one continuum. <laughs> And we don't, you know, our body is laid aside and maybe the promise is that one day our bodies will be restored. But whether they're laid aside or whether they're restored, 
we still are in Christ, and Christ in us, and our life is eternal, and our families and friendships and, and fellowship that we share is eternal. It makes changes in this life all the time, you know, as people move to another part of the country, you know, uh, people go through different situations in their life and all, and it changes in the next life too. So there's a lot of ways that we, the way we relate to each other changes according to our circumstances, but it's all one life, a life in Christ. And that Christ is inviting us into perfect blessing. The blessings that we see him expressing in his life and, uh, and preaching about in his life. And then each of these beatitudes ha has a condition with it. And it's not the kind of condition where it's transactional, you know, it's not <laughs> uh, something that, well, you do this and you'll get that, you know, so. But it's rather the condition is the condition of your soul. <laughs> The condition of your relationship with God and with the people around you. This is the condi what condition your condition is in. <laughs> this is a, your uh, state of being. What kind of person are you? This is your character. What kind of a person are you? How do you relate to the people around you? How do you relate to God? What's important to you in life? Those aren't just transactions that you can turn off and on. Those are like a switch or something. Those are, are something, those are the, the way you're growing in life, the trajectory of your life, the direction you're headed in, and the condition of your heart and your mind. What kind of things, how do you think about people? What kind of things are on your mind? What kind of feelings do you have? What kind of thoughts do you have? That's what. Christ is getting at. And so that requires us a, a lifetime of growth, doesn't it? As we grow into the likeness of him who filleth all in all. Mm -hmm. And the Bible is always calling us and inviting us, you know, Paul, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are pure. And, and to think on those kind of things. And that's what Christ is inviting us to in the Beatitudes. Look at the, look at the Beatitudes, see how Christ manifested those in his life and then see how best it can every day be growing into that likeness and be more like that and and most of them are like contradictory to the ways that we normally think would make us happy and so that's an extra step of growth because we have to by faith say well this is christ and and this is how christ is inviting us and i believe that and that's what I want to be like, and that's what I want my world to be like, so that's what I'm going to grow into. I'm going to work on that and try to become that way. And uh, then, then as we become that way, the more we are that way, then the greater the blessings that follow. And uh, we're sort of always on a little continuum, probably somewhere. Nobody that I know of is at the very opposite of the Beatitudes. Some, some, some of them seem like they might be for the moment, you know, but they're not really that bad. But, you know, but sometimes, you know, when we think, you know, sometimes we get to thinking that some people are completely the opposite, but, but nobody's actually completely the opposite, I don't think, you know. But anyway, somewhere between the complete opposite, but, but nobody I know is the complete, absolute reflection of Christ either. So somewhere in there we all find ourselves 
we are, and everybody else is in there somewhere too in that mix, always growing on the spiritual journey. And as we grow into the, that condition, as we grow into that character, that reflection of Christ, then we also grow into the promises that are included in the Beatitudes. If you're this kind of person, then this is going to be the kind of blessing that you're going to get out of it. And, and the more you're these kind of people that are here, then the more those blessings will, those promises will come to fruition in our lives. Is that uh, we, uh, we uh, live into the promises of God. We live into the image that God created us in, in the first place. So we're really just becoming who we really are. I guess it's like, you know, we want to be the fullness of who we were made to be, and, and uh, uh, to reflect fully the image of God that is the image in which the Bible says we were created. Male and female, everybody, everybody created in this image, the image of God. And that's what we're going into. And the promise is, we can do that. <laughs> the promise is, it's an invitation. And then Jesus goes on in the, in the Sermon on the Mount to kind of explain how. And he goes on in his life to demonstrate how. And the church, through the ages, including all our family and friends that have handed the faith down to us, and others through the ages who have handed this faith down to us, the mighty cloud of witnesses, have been showing us how and have been helping us come into the glory and the joy and the victory and the wonder of true happiness. And then we also have that as part of our opportunity to pass on not only to the other people around us of this generation, but to the generation and generations yet to follow, to be a part of that mighty throng. That can come, you know, that the crowd throughout from history, from eternity upon eternity. We're a part of that. And we're just kind of in this little niche in the flow right now. Charles Wesley, another hymn, wrote about how, um, about all the mighty number of people that have gone on before, that many have gone on, have already crossed the river, and some are parting now, <laughs> and some will. Part will go across later, and uh, that's us. We're in that number. So that's the beatitudes that Christ invites us into, and it's the same part of the same same promise and the same invitation of the great invitation when He said, "Come unto Me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Come, take your yoke and learn of Me." For I am meek and lowly and humble of heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.